So thank you, each one of you, for joining in Friday evening. Some of you are joining in from Singapore on a layover. <laughs> and uh, probably other people from different countries or maybe very much in India. Thank you for that. And uh, to just give you a little brief about what Advait Katha is. So Advait Katha is the expression of the soul in the form of storytelling. Um, and storytelling itself has been an integral part of India, Indian culture for generations. And uh, the aim of hosting Advait Katha is to re-establish the same tradition, the same culture, and the art of passing knowledge and wisdom through storytelling. And no matter what age, stage of life, or uh, how much experience you have, uh, it's always enjoyable to listen to stories and it's a very relaxed form of learning. And uh, that's what we would try to do, you know, we'll try and get you um, guests who have had a journey um, either in a industry or different industries and they have something to share um, in form of stories with each one of you. And today we start our uh, first series is on aviation. So we'll have uh, guests uh, from aviation. Uh, some would be pilots, some would be cabin crew, some would be air traffic controllers or aircraft engineers. So that's, that's what uh, the lineup would be in the aviation industry and then we'll move on to a different sector. Today's guest is Amit Singh. Um, he's had about 30 years of probably more than 30 years of commercial aviation experience. He got his commercial pilot license at Indira Gandhi Rashtriya Academy, joined Indian Airlines, Indigo and then few other airlines where he also uh, had has held management positions. He has now uh, got about 15,000 plus uh, hours of flying under his belt. And uh, so, you know, and he, he holds very strong opinions about certain aspects of aviation. But we are not here today for that. We are here to hear about uh, stories from Amit. And um, so, Amit, uh, let's start off uh, by you telling us and the guests and the listeners today, what, uh, why did we call our uh, show today uh, from bullseye to the sky? Well, thank you for joining in. And we have a lot of very experienced people here. Yes, we do. Ball. Yeah. So rather than me sharing, they should be sharing. <laughs> <laughs> the targets targets on you, Ahmed, today. Iqbal is Iqbal is will have the opportunity to ask you some tricky questions later. So why bullseye from to the sky? Uh, so the bullseye comes from uh, the fact that uh, I was a target shooter before I started off flying, and uh, in fact, uh, the coach who taught me shooting. There was a movie made on him recently, a Hindi movie. So, and uh, I happened to be the national number two silver medalist back in the 1980s, 87, when I was young and 16. Uh, then aviation happened. I tried to juggle the two things together. And uh, while I was in Indian Airlines, First 10-12 years, uh, I did uh, 
shoot uh, from Calcutta. I used to go to places like Durgapur, Coimbatore for national shooting championships. I won a couple of silver medals there. And uh, then I decided to focus on uh, target shooting because it needed some sort of stability in the programs. And that is when I decided to join uh, Indigo because they showed me that uh, you have a roster stability. <laughs> and life takes you somewhere else. <laughs> yes, it does, it does. Their requirements were that they needed somebody to look after other issues. My priority was something else. I resisted and finally I had to give up. So from the bullseye went to the sky. So that's how the journey started. And uh, the coach, in fact, was... If I look back, he was uh, a very motivating person. Mm. Person, uh, a very rustic person from a village in UP, uh, ex-police person, but uh, very motivated. He would catch anybody and make her or him a shooter. Even ladies, age of 70s, 80s, anybody. So is that the Hindi movie you're referring to? I think two elderly ladies, they learn how to shoot. And... Yeah, yeah. Ah, yes, then, yes. That's my coach, Dr. Oh. Rajpal Singh. Yeah. So that's why this tagline is there, from bullseye to the sky, because there are a lot of commonalities in uh, uh, aviation. And if you take medicine, Mm. For example, uh, a lot of commonalities, like they work in a team. In uh, surgery, you have a doctor, a specialist from uh, anesthesia or uh, the person who's performing the surgery, post-surgery. A lot of specialists working together. So how does the hierarchy get handled and uh, what happens when egos get bruised? Who takes the final call? So similarly, we have the situation in the cockpit, uh, wherein we have people in the cockpit, we have uh, the cabin crew behind, or we have the engineer on ground giving support or operations. So how do we take a decision in a critical situation? Yeah. What all things to be considered? So these are all common things uh, in everyday life that you see, and you can learn from there so there is no one uh, space which is isolated everything is kind of we have uh, 50 for that matter has uh, uh, the principles are the same everywhere yeah. be it uh, oil and gas or nuclear or transport safety aviation safety everything has a common thread so yeah, we need to catch that thread and uh, look at the principles rather than focusing on these small, small things. Yeah, in fact, my next question to you is on similar lines as to what is the one lesson, you know, if it's easy for you to take out one lesson uh, that your job or journey has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life, you know, agnostic to industry, like you just said. Yeah, aviation itself is not uh, inherently dangerous, but it is more unforgiving 
to any uh, carelessness or neglect or such deliberate errors so in other modes of transport or other areas you may get away with a lot of things but aviation is a lot more unforgiving in that manner so what i have learned is that you need to understand uh, the basics the foundation should be good like we have the standard operating procedures sops yeah so if you understand where the sops come from why were they developed then you're more likely to follow them and in case of an eventuality or an emergency uh, you will be able to take a decision whether this particular sop which was made with a particular requirement still fits in the current situation or not or do you blindly follow sop so that is one thing uh, i've always started doing get to the root cause or find out where this thing originated the origin mm. so you ask so ask why have... asking why is it yeah that's a... so the root cause the simplest form of root cause analysis is ask a person why five times <laughs> yeah if you ask why five times then in the fifth why you will get the root cause mm. and if you uh, know the origin of uh, like even if you look at history or any other subject if we know the origin then we are in a better place to take uh, or form an opinion or take a position Yeah. and then if you want to deviate we know how much are we deviating so we have a base if you know the origin or the subject well so that is one thing even uh, all my blogs and all whatever i write uh, i try to get into the origin and then uh, find out it could happen in a different way or there could be another possibility because the possibilities are numerous True. so that we're thinking about all possible situations yeah so uh, if i was to say a state stay the statement i wish i had known then what i know now what comes to mind to you well uh when we started flying or rather i can talk about myself okay. i used to look at the pushback that aircraft and used to wonder how am i going to fly this machine then we saw the tb20 that was even a bigger challenge so somehow we did it then the king air we said no not possible this is uh, out of our league and then the boeing so things keep coming uh in the way and then there was a system so there was a system which led us to the knowledge and skill that we acquired but if you look from outside everything seems unachievable like uh, the story i told you about shooting and my coach mm. so he never thought that uh, any person would be less than a gold medalist so yeah. that is the effort he used to put in and his belief so that is what i feel that everybody has the potential mm. it is just that we don't venture or we don't have the courage to dive into it yes. but if you are thrown into the sea you will eventually learn to swim i mean that's so one that way that is what i have done Most that's one time. way that you get thrown into the sea the other one is to uh, proactively yeah systematically create learn, a life but, uh, that you want it's not yeah. that mm, 
it is not that you cannot do something mm. everything is possible so yes. uh, now when i look back i've done so many things which i myself felt that i would not be able to do so now if i can rewind i can do things much better if i have this belief so i will i can go even higher with this not to the space but <laughs> self satisfaction yes <laughs> so uh, yeah. i i'll really take advantage of ekpal being on the call and he's uh, if i may say senior to even amit uh, ekpal what yeah. comes to your mind this is taking advantage okay two guests for one uh, hmm. you know what does this <laughs> does this statement mean anything to you i wish i had known then what i know now if i had known then what i know now could be in aviation could be in life could yeah. be in so many things one would lead life much more differently then not to reach the stage what one is at present yeah and uh, maybe of course be better uh personally better professionally better in all respects because the knowledge which i have gained in so many years all the ups all the downs um that can be put to use at a much younger age so it is not possible for any human being to know what to know after so many years right in the beginning they wouldn't be knowing it yeah so it would be a situation for all of us Uh, when we are in our twenties or uh, teens or thirties, we wouldn't have the knowledge which we would have when we are now in our fifties. So yeah, that's probably the beauty of life, right? <laughs> yeah. So we all always can think that in hindsight, I could have and I yeah. should have done, but <laughs> we get the knowledge only with time. We never get that dose when we are born. Otherwise, um, if we are twenty and have the knowledge which we would have had of somebody else at the age of fifty. we will yeah. start from we all start from scratch so that's, that's how us we pick up in life yeah that's uh, you know if i can just fit it in very cleverly here that that's what advait katha is all about that you know people out here can listen to what amit and ikbal and so many others would have to say and probably i mean they don't listen to their parents <laughs> but maybe mentors and other other you know seniors and experts from the industry they want to be in to be a part of So Amit, the journey uh, in aviation thirty years, you know, lot lots of things have changed, and lots of things are constantly changing at a very fast rate. Uh, let's say five years or maybe even ten years, which seems to be so far away now. Um, what do you think will be different? How will aviation be different? What will it look like? Look, uh, the whole aviation has changed from when we started, or twenty years before us. Uh, the biggest change was when the Airbus three twenty or the fly by wire was introduced. And that is how I see it uh, between the human and the machine. So that is called human machine interface. Earlier, the human the human was the master, so we had a lot of confidence in our skills. and knowledge and that we are flying this machine and uh, this is our capability and what whatever is the capability of the aircraft as time passed the fly by wire was introduced so we were told that you have to trust automation you have to trust the aircraft 
So anytime anything happens, put automation on, reduce the workload. So that part was not clearly understood, I feel. So what really happened was that there was soon an over-reliance on automation or we started doubting ourselves that if there is some failure, then maybe the automation will handle it better. But uh, we did not understand what was going on actually. And uh, is the automation doing the right thing or not? So now we are in a situation wherein automation has taken the lead. So what uh, people generally say that you need to be taught about uh, use of automation, which we know how to use automation. Uh, misuse of automation, which could we could do misuse, then disuse and abuse of automation. So automation, if it is such a big thing, then it should be taught as a subject. So this is not only a change in technology, but rather a failure to understand the human needs. So what experts generally say in human-machine interfaces that every time a human being makes an error, there is no need to uh, make a new modification or put in an engineering barrier. Because the root cause is the human. So why not correct the human? So instead of correcting the human, we're trying to put another barrier in place, a new software, a new update, a new gadget. So that is basically overwhelming the human being. They have more things to do. So it is a very uh, difficult balance. On one hand, you are increasing automation and the sophistication of automation. The main aim is to reduce the stress and the number of tasks on the pilot. But on the other hand, when things go wrong, yeah. then the pilot is really overwhelmed. So what I say is that the automation is like another person in the cockpit. So you have an autopilot. So autopilot is moody. So autopilot behaves uh, differently at times and does not reset. So all those things. So you have to treat the automation like another human being. And in the future to come, you will have artificial intelligence. Yeah. Wherein the autopilot can have the capability of talking back. So we must be prepared for all those things. I don't think we are prepared for an automation to talk back that, look, you're not doing the right thing. The automation telling us. So now in ways, different ways, we are being told. But if somebody speaks back to us, so how do we take that? So that relationship, mm. not only with humans, we had an issue. Now we'll have issues with automation. So <laughs> how does one deal with that? I don't know. Time will tell. So, we'll have gadgets like uh, I saw an advertisement of, uh, I don't know which company, wherein uh, this person has trained all the gadgets in his house, voice controlled. Mm -hmm. And he locks the door, goes to a dentist. He has a tooth extraction. Now he cannot speak. Yeah, the well voice recognition is not. <laughs> yeah. The voice recognition doesn't yeah, let him in. It's raining. Yeah, he's locked so out happens? in the storm. So have we thought about all eventualities yeah. if the artificial intelligence goes rogue? So what happens like it happens in the movies? So it may be, uh, the, the future may be like that. Yeah, who's to tell? And 
Amit, in your opinion, what is the most important personality trait someone would need to have to work or to be successful as a pilot or in, or in aviation? For a pilot, uh, two things. One is the attitude. The other thing is the motivation. Could you expand on those? So, especially for a pilot, attitude, there are a number of attitudes which you should not have. But one for taking a decision should be that you should not be adamant. You can take a decision. If things change, then you can always reconsider your changes. It's made its cost. That is difficult for a lot to reconsider. So in that ego comes in and uh, other things also. Uh, because a lot of time the environment changes. So environment mm -hmm. changes. Uh, there are other people who may take or give in more inputs. You may get in more inputs because of which you may think that my last previous decision may not be as good in the current circumstance. So I might have to change my decision. So it is a rapidly progressing flight. Along with it, you have to keep on updating yourself. So that is one thing uh, every pilot must have. Because a lot of uh, the incident reports or safety reports I've read. So people have got tunnel vision, got stuck, or they have been adamant. So that flexibility needs to be there. And secondly is the motivation. In uh, Especially in training, uh, we say the performance of a person is a factor of uh, your resources, your ability and motivation. If you have uh, average resources and average uh, ability, mm. highly motivated, you can still do better. But if your motivation of the trainer or the trainee is zero, even if you have the best resources and ability, it will end up means an average product. So people who are highly motivated, uh, that's why they can reach anywhere. That is the attitude, positive attitude. Yeah, I guess that so would be the true. outlook and the attitude. Yeah, that would be true for anybody. Anywhere. In uh, any field. True that. Yeah. So um, at this point, I'll, I'll you know ask the listeners, you know, anybody present here would like to ask any questions of Amit. I have a discussion. Have a discussion. Uh, hi, sir. Uh, I have a question actually yeah. about the motivation part. Please go ahead. Uh, because a lot of times, uh, uh, especially in our field in last year, ever since I have joined the field, there have been uh, lots of ups and downs in terms of uh, job availability and uh, they have, in, the, in terms of uh, the competition in the market, it has increased a lot. So we were lucky enough that we just, uh, 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 many of my batchmates, they had to wait a long, uh, a long time to get a job. But again, that same thing that wait for job and uh, uh, the high prices, the prices have been going up. And at this time, I get a lot of uh, uh, new entrants in the field who are lacking on the front of motivation. So how do I, like, I do my best to keep them motivated and keep them uh, 
persevere in the field that okay you have to just keep working and keep but what could be the best strategies to keep uh, the students motivated treat the new entrants who are just entering and who have not gotten their footing yet but they are just beginning their journey how to keep them motivated so that question ideally is for ramita akashi <laughs> <laughs> says that because i i'm i'm practicing life coach leadership and executive coach so that's why he is throwing the ball to me i feel i mean usually when whenever you know somebody who wants to follow something but is demotivated uh, you i guess the thing is you need to be more inspired than motivated motivation tends to be coming from external sources and they could probably see somebody who's working like you and feel motivated for a short while see you in uniforms probably think that you're earning x amount traveling to these places and uh, but uh, it's the intrinsic uh, motivation part which is more inspiration why is it that that person wants to be a pilot there will be ups and downs in life you know even if you become a pilot uh, and now the, it, it you know your lifeline is not going to be flat it, it will go up and down right we just spoke about with Iqbal and Amit about, uh, you know, if I had known now, uh, if I had known then what I know now. So things will happen in life. This is uh, a moment life is thrown at you. Strengthen your muscle. In aviation? Yeah, every, every struggle and opportunity, uh, it, there's a gift there, you know. If you can create a perspective where you can look at it as a gift, it helps, no matter what aspect of life. Yeah. Now, what I was saying is that in aviation uh, per se, we don't have uh, many mentors whom we need to. Uh, like in other fields, there is a system of mentorship. So, like you may be mentoring a person or uh, talking. So, anyone who has uh, no kind of guidance automatically becomes uh, demotivated. And secondly, if you are not able to achieve your targets or set your targets and achieve them, then also you'll get demotivated. So you need to have uh, these long-term, short-term. These are all easier to say things, but at least things should be working out for you. Job is one thing which everybody needs, but not everybody can get a job. We have so many unemployed uh, CPL holders. But uh, there has to be a common platform wherein you connect. Everybody sitting alone or idle <clears throat> will automatically get demotivated. So in India, especially, aviation is not institutionalized. We do not have institutions. We have Igrua, but uh, Igrua location is quite remote. So we need to have more forums wherein people participate. So, like forums, uh, as in discussion groups or formal forums. So, we need to know what's happening in others' lives or how are other professions faring. So, right now, everything is going on WhatsApp. So, WhatsApp only information is flowing. That is unverified. So, that is why to make institutions, one of the purpose of institutions is to provide support. 
so that is the job of the alumni which you are doing so the job of igroa is not just to train pilots but to mentor pilots also to make better pilots and to motivate so that is uh, the job of uh, igroa so as an institution they need to do much more uh, in collaboration so one of the purpose of uh, this uh, dwait katha is basically to initiate discussion to get people together to talk about so unless you <clears throat> talk about what's in your mind and what's going on <clears throat> so you will be kind of isolated so not only online but uh, offline also in person discussions and uh, unless you update your knowledge read so that are the ways you get uh, motivated yourself so how do you know that you are better than the other person if a vacancy arises for 100 people there'll be 10000 people applying so there is no sense of uh, there is no entitlement to anything there is always some sort of a competition which is healthy like in training uh, there is or in games so what we do in training is something called gamification we put the content of training in the form of games or use the principles of games games is basically intrinsic motivation so we are competing with somebody else in terms of uh, playing the game the level of games or scoring the points so that is how we are uh, keeping ourselves motivated so that is the principle of uh, gamification so on similar lines unless uh, we have such forums or participate on mass in such forums so things are uh, not going to be very good or rather uh, our foundation is going to be very uh, shaky that's what i want to say so uh, you must have uh, read that proposal i keep communicating with you that the exact same thing which you said i have been trying to get uh, igroa and uh, uh some people on board in fact agro management on board on the same proposal to communicate more with alumni actually uh as of now obviously what i do believe is that uh, there is a lack of institutionalization in uh, aviation apart from agro even in agro people are not as connected as they used to be so i think you must have read i have uh, i sent you uh, that uh, proposal for agro a couple of times so mm-hmm. in november i am uh, again uh, going to go to egrawa i'm going to talk to the director about it and probably we are going to actually uh, get maybe a sort of uh, alumni association together where everyone could uh, connect with uh, all the uh, alumni at different stages and all those they could connect with uh, the current ones and the recent ones who are still out there going to uh, going through their initial training and preparation for airline so that actually is one of the ideas of getting that uh, group together and maybe uh, help igro and becoming more institutionalized and more uh, on the academic side more uh, polished as it, uh, compared to what it is right now yeah like uh, before uh, during captain dawas days we had people from indian airlines or air india coming in yeah so they used to come in for short stays so that was kind of uh, motivating we actually saw people who were flying the big jets which was everybody's dream 
so this has to be done uh, on a larger scale from uh, the ministry or somewhere yeah uh, like in medicine like in medicine uh, the doctors they go to remote places uh, rural areas and serve so while at uh, indigo i had made a proposal that with gondia that there should be some sort of a rotation that the pilots flying in indigo should go and uh, uh, be the instructors there in gondia for certain time before becoming a trainer in uh, the airline so that uh, we kind of pass on the sops and uh, the procedures the culture which is there in the airline so that the person who is there in the flying school uh, gains from it and then gets motivated that a person who is actually flying is teaching me and uh, it then goes back to the airline because their burden is reduced on training they are getting a superior product which is already trained which was the idea of igrua yes sir that was the absolutely. main idea absolutely correct that thing is lost so that needs to be revived so there has to be the flying schools the standards have to be raised so that the people who go there are uh, they kind of interact with the actual the real pilots who they want to be so that uh, kind of uh, triggers this the whole process thanks interesting yes, thanks amit thanks vikash yes, uh, anybody else any questions for amit if not we'll call it a day for today's chat thank you so much for participating and we'll see you in two weeks uh, we already have a guest lined up uh, we'll have a next session on 20th of october 6 pm that will be a thursday and there's a senior air force um, personnel who joined civil aviation post his tinton air force uh, would be joining us for a chat so look forward to having you there that day thank you so much amit thanks ikbal thank you thank you ikbal vikash thank you everybody for webber venar kanpur thank you so much Bye. for joining in thank you bye thank you